Hey, welcome to the Gospel and Race podcast YouTube channel where we create space to have the meaningful conversations and discernment around the church and race. I'm Greg Armstrong, your host. I'm so glad to be on this journey with you. I want to ask you to do a couple things for me. I want you to subscribe to this channel, jump into the conversation, leave some comments. I also want you to hit the notification button so that you know when we are live or when we have posted new content. We are going to engage this powerful conversation of the church and race and see the kingdom of God reconcile all nations. Let's go. The Gospel and Race Podcast. Yo, welcome back. We're doing another podcast. Oh, yeah. Man, we in here, man. And oh, yeah. look, we are tackling the best we can mm-hmm. the issues of race and injustice and the church, the church needing to lean into this conversation like never before. Yeah. This is the Gospel and Race podcast with yours truly, Greg Armstrong. I got my boy in the room. Oh, yeah. I had to pull him. I had to see if he had come down here from Northwest <laughs> Indiana. Yeah. Had to pull him from Indiana. Took that drive. Which is really just like, you know, Chicago. Right. You know, you know we really true about it. Right. But Isaac Robinson, What's everybody. On, Y'all man? give it up. Hey. I'm Isaac Robinson. Here. How you doing, bro? I'm doing good, man. I am excited. Uh, when I first saw that you were doing this podcast, I was like, oh, yeah. Um, love you, man. Love you, ministry. And so I was like, this is a great conversation. And he's a great guy uh, to be leading. And so I am super excited to be with you. And congrats on your degree, man. Yeah, man. Congrats. We finished up. Oh, yeah. No more reading. Well, I got to still read. I guess I got to right. lead a church. <laughs> but but no more reading for academics sake yeah. for a while. But yeah. I appreciate that, man. No problem, and, I, man. and I'm a major fan of yours, man. Oh, I, I mean, like you. this dude, this is the Renaissance dude. You understand? Worship leader, pastor. Then you turn on Instagram, he preaching you under the table. It's like, man, come on, man. And uh, and I'm just grateful for the work that you're doing with my great buddy Sam Hampshire and Taylor yeah. Hampshire in Northwest Indiana at Anthem Church. Oh, yeah. What's your what's your role there? Like your official worship role? pastor. The worship pastor yeah. at Anthem Church. And Anthem Church is like, I don't know. Anthem Church is starting to be like what everybody's church wants to be. Just mm. they were this humble church just doing the thing and then all of a sudden boom yeah just god just starts touching that yeah and and i i have a lot of thoughts on why that is not only because of the humility of the leadership yeah. the anthem church and how i love sam and taylor but also the pieces that have come around them like yeah. yourself as yeah. a worship pastor and have created a culture in that church that's just god-centered man yeah. and so i love the music with you, anthem man. collective oh, i love yeah. the songwriting I'm just, I'm just, I'm just a fan, bro. Yeah. So I'm glad you're here. Glad to be here. Thank you, man. Good, man. And we're gonna talk about worship. We felt yeah, like yeah. we did, we did a conversation on worship uh, a few it's episodes a great combo, ago. By the way, thanks, man. Yeah, yeah. with Jackie Owens, which yeah. is awesome. Great songwriter. And um, and I said we gotta, we gotta keep talking about yeah. it because we we appropriate race and culture with the church planning world and with you know the social uh, construct. Yeah, yeah. But the music, yeah, the music, in my opinion, is a huge part. Now, we did come to a conclusion um, from a sociologist, and I'll drop his name because yeah. I, I forgot it off the top of my dome, that multi-ethnic congregations are really shaped by not just the music style. Yeah. That, that, that is not even what shapes it, but it is the, the, the diversity 
of the the culture yeah. of the actual team. Yeah. Like what's represented there. Yeah. Not tokenism. Right, right. But what's represented there is what builds community and actually pours over into making it a multi-ethnic. Right. So anyway. Yeah. So anyways, y'all check that podcast out. But I'm with Isaac today and we're going to continue this conversation yeah. on worship and multi-ethnic and race and all that. So listen, tell us a little bit about you, bro. Like where you from? What's yeah. your deal? What you up to? Yeah. Well, very, very long story short. Um, I moved here about four years ago from Louisiana on a word from the Lord. One of those crazy faith stories where, you know, it's in the middle of chaos and you go, okay, Lord, what is this? Feel a call to move to, at the time I thought it was Chicago. It was just Chicago. Didn't know anybody, didn't have any leads. Just put two weeks in at my job and, uh, found some peace and moved out here. And so got connected to, uh, Sam. And uh, at the time, uh, it was uh, uh, another church, yep. uh, or same church, just under a different name. We're a campus of, a, of another church. And so joined, took a part-time position. Within two weeks, it became full-time, and we've just been running ever since. Um, and so, yeah, it's uh, it's been crazy. Uh, probably the craziest, heaviest position I've ever had. Before yeah. then, I've never worked in a church before this. Oh, you didn't? You no, weren't no, on no. a church that in the, in the, uh, Where I came from, there was no, you didn't work in church. You just went to church. I'm a pastor's kid, so I've been in church all my life. <laughs> You've been so working all your life. You just go, you just go to church. And so yeah. when I moved out here, I was like, I'm going to just find a regular job and yeah. find, a, find a church and serve. And then they were like, well, you can like be paid to like do what you do. And I'm like, like, no what? way. And then so, um, yeah, just started getting connected in those areas and uh, gotten, like, like I said, got in that position and been running ever since, man. Has uh, I've been able to do some really, really cool things, some really, really God things that only he could have brought about. That's and cool. so, yeah, so that's a little bit of who I am. Do all, all the things, play a little bit, sing a little bit, Musicians, preach a little bit. A little yeah. bit. Get out of here so, a little bit. Jack of all trades, I just do what needs to be done. Bro, your yeah. gift. And, I, dude, I, I love it, man. I, I came to Anthem uh, several – it was like, no, last year mm. during my sabbatical. So I got to come back yeah. during my sabbatical next month. And, uh, and man, y'all just uh, – I just love what, what's been being built there. Yeah. And the, the the focus on worship, yeah, and the diversity, yeah, the multi ethnicity, yeah, is absolutely powerful. And I'm I'm just thankful that God brought you to the season. It's funny, sure. um, it's funny where you know I'm from Chicago, but I didn't know that churches like hired worship leaders, yeah, full time, yeah. And so it was, it was my buddy, my good friend Corey Pelly. I was going to his church in Rockford. Just every now and then, just mm-hmm. hanging out with him during the day, and I'm thinking like, this just must be a, a break for him. Right. And so he's writing songs in his office, and I'm in uniform because I'm going to work. Yeah. In Jesus' name. <laughs> and and I and uh and I asked Corey. I said, Well, when do you go to work? He said, I'm at work. Yeah. I said, You at work? Like for the church? Crazy. He's like, Yeah, I'm at work for. The, I work for the church. I write songs. I run a team. And that's when he spoke to me, bro. And he was and he said. He said, man, you're going to do this. And he just began mm. to prophesy over me. And he said, you're going to wow. do this for a living and yada, yada, yada. So I share the same yeah. sort of narrative and that I was just trying to hang. I didn't know yeah. we could do it for a yeah. living, right? Just trying to hang. And so you're a songwriter as well. Yeah. And Yeah. Uh, songwriter. Um, it's crazy. Um, wrote, started doing music like in college. Yeah. Um, and then just kind of kept with it. 
just throughout. I've always just loved music, love producing music, love writing it. Um, and, you know, tried my best to kind of like stick my toe in the industry. And then I was like, I don't want to do this. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah. to try to be an artist in that fashion. Yeah. I was like, at, at the time, I was like, this it's not for me. Yeah. Um, but I just kept writing, kept putting out stuff just because I love to do it. Yeah. Um, and that's just kind of always been the base of, like, my music to just put it out. Uh, for my friends, like, y'all think this cool? Cool. All right. <laughs> like, All right, that I'll was enough. Um, but then uh, once I got to Anthem and the pandemic came, it was actually a crazy thing, man. We, like, our first service as a church was online. And uh, we literally like had to come up with something to do every week and that's really where um i have a i have a great team great uh anthem collapse we have a great team yep. kayla thomas christian black yep. um just great people around us and so we just kind of got in the mode and every week we were literally just going to christian's house doing something different and then um i found out that like they could write too so i was like well we should we should write some songs and right. so we started writing songs and um that's what we've been doing and it's been uh it's been crazy we uh wrote jesus did it which yeah. kind of like took off a little bit for us yeah. and we were not expecting that at all yeah and we'll talk about what how when we talk about multi-ethic like how that song came yeah. about yeah and just uh like writing for the church in general um but yeah so now we are just pushing in we it's one of those things where we know God's on it. Yeah. It's not yeah. in our own strength. Like we're not trying to be famous or anything. We yeah. just want to serve actually our church. So right. that's why we write. So right. we want to serve our church well right. to speak to our context and the testimonies for our people and put those into songs that they can sing, that it can mean something to them. Um, and so, you know, and we share it with the world. If anybody loves it too, great. You no, know, but well, so that brings up doing. that brings us a good point about context, because here's what I want to talk about. Um, I believe that multi-ethnic worship, yeah. if we can call, if we want to call it that, multi-ethnic worship needs to uh, really embody yeah. the context. Yeah, and and I think um, it needs to it needs to it needs to sing the stories of the people represented. Yeah, it needs to sing the narrative of the people represented. Yeah. and so anthem is a multi-ethnic. Yeah. Church. I mean, when I was there, I saw everything from white, black, yeah. Hispanic, and other. Now it is questionable, and this is the <laughs> this is the joke with Anthem and, 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 and Sam, my boy. It's questionable if he's white, right? But he is, <laughs> if if you ask him, he's black. <laughs> yeah, you, you see what I'm saying? So yeah. it's questionable, but right, it's yeah, led yeah. by white past white yeah, pastors. Yeah. Um, and Sam and Taylor. So you have this space where you need to be leading, cultivating, writing for multi-ethnic. So would Absolutely. you agree multi-ethnic songwriting is the embodiment of the context that's that's present? And Absolutely. what would you add to that? Um, I agree wholeheartedly. And I think um, I know you guys were talking about this a little bit with Jackie just on the uh, on the podcast about worship uh, before. But just it's plainly. um there are just some songs that are not our context and just don't sometimes don't make sense. They don't fit. They don't fit to who we are. And so um, if we only have 3% of the churches writing for the rest of the church in total, then we're not going to get the full expression of who the churches is, who the churches are locally. Right. Um, and so I think it is uh, important 
that uh, churches find songs or write songs that make sense mm. for their context and who they are. Um, and it's a, another way to represent who you have in, in your local assembly. That's good. That's good. And so so here, here's what we should lean into. The you know, we we posed this article yeah. a few episodes ago about the top four to five yeah, yeah. Um, mega churches, mostly white affluent, yeah. represent like the top 20 to 30 songs yeah. on the charts. Which and is crazy, more than way. likely, right, more than likely being sung by the majority of churches, especially multi-ethnic churches, yeah. but being sung by the majority of churches. So, so here's my question. And this could seem a little controversial to some, mm -hmm. but I want to talk about it because yeah. I think the church needs to deal with it. With all of the disparities um, revolving around these same churches, yeah. because not all of them, but we know the Hillsong documentary yeah. dropped recently. Yeah. We know um, uh, Bethel's sort of like one-sided political affiliation. Yeah, yeah. All these things. Here's my question. Should we be singing these songs? Mm. Yes or no, or maybe. And I'll kick it off by asking you that, and I want to share some thoughts on it myself. Um, I think that it's, it's tough. Um, I think you just have to be again, a, intentional with which I would actually, I would ask this question regardless of who the song is coming from. Right. Um, is, will this, is this impactful in bringing in the presence of the Lord for our congregation? Sure. Um, and so, yeah, there might be times where if this song represents an organization that is let's for a hill song joint we might we might pull back <laughs> on yeah. some of those um just because a lot of people don't have the uh the knowledge of like it, where the separation is between the songwriters and the songs and they the don't actual really church. know Most they don't really folks. know that so they just see hill song that song is from hill song and like those two are just connecting and that is it, that is what it is and so um to, to even just use wisdom and go well i don't even first of all i don't want people thinking <laughs> about the the breakdown of hillsong while we're trying to worship right, right. so i might just right. negate that from the jump um but i think that what i think what that does is it should bring again, some intentionality just overall with worship leaders, worship pastors is okay. Like we're seeing some of the dark closets yeah. of the process in which this music is made. And so now, now we're seeing that like, Oh, this, like it was a formula and it wasn't necessarily about yeah. this offering unto God, but it was more so like, let's make something that we know will work yep. that hits. And so I think that I would hope that that actually brings worship pastors and worship leaders to take and to go, okay, well, what, like, what are we really doing? Like, what are we putting this, these songs in a set for? Yeah. Um, if it's to worship God and to be in his presence, then, and if we know that some of these songs weren't made necessarily, with that in mind, but they were made for maybe industry success or whatever, just another whatever, then we go, okay, well, let's just try to find some groups or some other songs that seem to have a different motive 
that they right. were written in. And it's a paradox, for. right? Because some of it could be, I'm not going to use this music because of what I know, the intent behind or the history behind it, or yeah. even the organization behind it represents, right? But then at the same time, there's this weird paradox of like, God can use anything, yeah. right? It's like, yeah, you know, in yeah. a moment, I think about the dude, um, I forgot his name, who wrote Healer, right? You remember that? Yes. Some years That's ago a, when he was faking his man. sickness, he was like wearing the, I don't mean to laugh at to play me, with God, man. I, I don't, don't understand it. I'm just saying like, <laughs> he wrote Healer, he was up there like yeah. with the tubes in his head. And, and but, you know, the, the weird thing about God is that we sang that back in the day, man. It just like it just yeah, rested upon worked. the congregation and people actually experienced yeah, the presence yeah. of God in a way. So so you're right in that. Like, I, I think what you're saying is we need to have like worship pastors and leaders who are discerning regardless. Yeah. Who are discerning about what what kind of music we're bringing into a congregation. Yeah. You know, is this music is this music? Um, was it written fake? Could yeah. God still use it? But then also the race implications of it. Yeah. Does this music speak to our context or yeah. are we just trying to appropriate a cultural language yeah. upon a congregation where that language is going to, it doesn't make, make sense. Yeah. Right. And it is this, this happened in, this happened in like, to my knowledge in like the mid to late nineties mm. where black churches started adopting these songs from white, white yeah. writers. And so we're talking about like the flowers in the field yeah, yeah. and like, we ain't got no flowers in the front yard. You know, <laughs> it's like, yeah. we're talking about the smell of the air. We're talking about God as this in, in this enveloping nature of his father, daddy, son. Yeah. And the reality was black congregations didn't know how to translate that no. type of theology yeah. and music, right? Yeah. And so how important then is our theology and lyric as it comes yeah. to race, ethnicity, and, and justice yeah. even? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Um, I think that we we did see some of that. And you know, we've seen like social media and jokes about the difference between white, you know, white church worship and black church worship. Right. Um but I think even when we talk about lyrics for songs, you know, like we we see that on the other side, too, because, you know, there'll be gospel songs where the subject or the emphasis is on how God can bring us out or bring us through and how yeah. there's breakthrough. It's and, liberation and language. Liberation language. And like other churches, they don't they don't need they don't need it. You my know, bills pay. <laughs> bills are paid. Yeah. The car, the car's tank is full, <laughs> you know. And we're like, we're fine. So I don't, I actually don't need That's right. That's good. <laughs> the Lord yeah. to, to come through. And so there's, uh, there's that on that side. And so I think that um, obviously within the context of, of, of your church and, and where you are, um, but there has to be some way where you bring everything back to the center of who God is. Period. Um, and that has to be enough. Um, and so, like, even even when we're talking about lyrics and songs and stuff, I, I find myself even now, like, looking at some of the me-centered songs that have been in some of our sets for a while yeah, that were more yeah. towards our our feelings and uh, how, you know, it makes us feel. And, and I kind of look at that and go, 
Yeah. Are we like, are we singing to God or are we kind of just. What's going on here? Are know? we like working out some sort of like. <laughs> yeah. Some sort of therapy. Yeah. Are we, or, or, or like. It's a, it's a song, which is cool, but it's this like. Worship. And right. I, obviously like worship? we, we know what worship really is. Like it's, it's not the slow song in our set. Yeah. Like we, we know that. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's like, okay, well, what do we have? that actually can unify us yeah. on both ends to where everyone feels represented yeah. um, and everybody has um, their, their space to connect with God in that way. Um, and then we take, we take that intentionality and then we look at our context and go, okay, well then how can we take that and make it fit for who we are and where we are. And that just goes into the methodology of how we do it. Right. The right. arranging of our songs and things like that. To, yeah. Because to, we don't ever want to take away our flavor and who we are. Uh, just have a, a, a central, uh, our central context, which is Jesus. Yeah. Uh, putting all eyes on him and then using who we are to kind of flavor that in a sense. That's good. Um, so so tell me about like Anthem Collective. Yeah. It's a multi-ethnic yeah. uh, church congregation. What are themes? So if, some, mm -hmm. so if someone's watching this mm -hmm. and they're like, um, we either have a multi-ethnic church or we're, we're looking to sort of transform into multi-ethnic, what are some of the themes along that line that, that you keep sort yeah. of at the baseline? We know it's contextual in terms right, of right, geography right. and all that, but right. what are some of the themes that you keep in front of the church? So what we keep at the front of the church um, and – just growing in, in where we've been, I'm learning to be even more and more intentional about this because we understand that like you will, the lyrics in our songs shape what we believe. Yeah, say that. Right. Yeah. Um, and so people That's will people will sing. People will sing more in faith than than what they can say. You know. Yep. Um, yep. And so. Obviously, first and foremost is Jesus, like who he is yeah. and what he's done um, and what that means for our for our lives. And so really like trying to take the consumerism out of it hmm. where everything is pointed to what can we what can we give him in this space? How can we um, worship in this context, which is the giving of our lives? How can we sing that? How can we say that? um in different ways here so that's always gonna that's always at that's the good. forefront yeah um it's actually to be honest it's like the only thing that's, that's at right. the forefront yeah, yeah and so like that's literally the one filter that we use like is this are we do we get to sing to jesus about jesus or like are we singing just about our strength and 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 things like that yep. so that's all that's always at the forefront and then but more practical ways is that we are very intentional about bringing every genre into what we do. Mm. And we make no bones about it. I tell every person who joins the the worship team that we are multi-everything, multi-ethnic, multi-class, all of that. And so we're going to sing multi-everything. So, yes. So y'all doing it all. We're doing it all. So, yes, if you join this team, you're going to have to learn how to sing a gospel song. Mm. No matter what you are. Yeah. And, yes, you're, when you join this team, we're going to sing some CCM joints. Yeah. 
Yeah. No matter who you are. No matter who you are. Um, and is that difficult to keep? Like, because because most team most in multi ethnic churches, a lot of teams just really they end up leaning on was was yeah. Our team does this. Our team yeah, does a phenomenal yeah. job. But but even even for me, you know, we start we kind of do everything, and then we just really kind of lean in yeah. and what you know we gonna be more this. Yeah. But we always have to check that gauge. We're always and uh, always, and so I think that's obviously you know we if you do our services by every week that's a week by week thing so yeah. we'll look at okay well what do we what did we sing last week you know look at the writers of the song like who have we been singing you know uh mm. does that need to change up a bit um do we need to is it time for us to write a song you know because we've just been doing a lot of that's good bro a lot of other things is there anything that we feel we want to say that we can't find a song to say huh oh, okay well let's write it um, and so is it hard? Yes, but I think it, it's always going to be hard because it's a tension that we're as a multi-ethnic church, we're always going to have to deal with. So I tell them we're not going to have we're not going to have everything for everybody, but we are going to have something for everybody. We're going to have something. So you might not like all you again. You might not like song one. You might not long. You might not like song one, <laughs> song two or song three. You're going to find your space in there somewhere. But in the midst of that. Through how, through what we sing, through what we preach, and how we interact, you're actually going to learn that it's actually not about what you prefer. Do you see? That's good, man. I, I really I'm encouraged by that because um, sometimes there's that imbalance. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, you know, I found in multi ethnic churches, and we we're complicit of this too mm. in our church. Oh, we it's, are too. It's it's kind of like, <laughs> hey, we've been singing that stuff long long enough. Yeah, Y'all about yeah, to get yeah. this gospel smoke. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you're going to deal with yeah. it. Yeah. Right? But but you said something that, that intrigued me. We even look at, you even look at the writers. Yeah. And I wonder from like even a race perspective. Yeah. Do you, do you see like, hey, we've been singing songs from ex writers and we, and we, we do this in academia, yeah, right? Yeah. Like we critique syllabi mm -hmm. to say, all right, if we're learning about theology and all of the books that yeah. we got to study are from white theologians. Yeah. And there are no women theologians, yeah. and there are no black theologians or Hispanic, or or then we are getting a malnourished version yeah. of a theological lens, yeah. because we're not willing to diversify Absolutely. the voices that allow that we allow to speak Absolutely. into our craft. And so, in the same way, you're saying that with music, mm -hmm. which I think is dope. I think we we need to start doing this. We're gonna look at the songwriters. We yeah. may even love the song. Yeah, but if all our songs are by yeah. by all black songwriters or all white songwriters, are we yeah. really displaying a multi ethnic ecclesiology? Yeah, um, that's and, good. And and even again, you guys talked about this on the pod, the last pod, but even the um, it takes work to dig past what's popular. <laughs> <laughs> to to go Say it. like you know looking at the top, or whatever, or it doesn't even have to be the top. It's just um, like what's hot right now. It's easy, you know. It's very easy to hear a song and go, "Oh yeah, that would go," you know. So that'll that'll work, you know. Yeah. For that's a that's a great one song, or that's that's a great middle song. Um, but it takes work to um, seek in to seek out other groups or other writers or other uh, songs that can speak maybe a little bit better to uh, to the context to the maybe the theme or whatever you're trying to convey um so that takes intentionality and it takes work so you can't you can't be lazy 
when you do that. You can't just rely on just what's being presented to you. And so, yeah, you got to dig through Loop Community and yeah. the multi-tracks and the gospel side of it and see, like, okay, like, who are these people that I don't know? Yeah. Like, I will just go and just go listen. I'm. That, it's crazy that that's a part of my job. <laughs> it feels right, weird, right, like, yeah, right. part of your job is go and listen for songs. Go and listen and find songs. Find songs. But I'll just go through. I don't know any of these people. But what are their yeah. song? What are their songs speaking? This is so synonymous to the work of multi-ethnic ministry. Period. Yeah. And here's where people fail in multi-ethnic. Multi-ethnic, whether it's church planting, music, small groups, or whatever, yeah. takes work. It takes another level of digging. Yeah. It takes. It takes a. a, a uh, getting away from the assumptions yeah, and it takes an effort that a lot of people are not willing to do. Yeah. And that's why we end up being in these monocultural spaces. Yeah. Because if I'm the, if I'm the worship pastor of a multi-ethnic church, but my bent is gospel music, yeah. then it's just easier for me to say, hey, y'all going to get this gospel. This is who I am. Yeah. And we've talked about this before. There's a difference between like, there's a difference between, um, um, uh, affirming who an individual is yeah. and that said individual not actually doing the work of representing yeah. a congregation fully. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So I've critiqued, I've critiqued folks who use black worship leaders as their source of music yeah. simply because they wanted this, this tokenism, this, this yeah. space kind of open up for their church. Yeah. However, if you are a black worship leader or a, in a multi-ethnic space, it takes a little work, man, yeah. to dig and look at songwriters and look at genres and consider like what what is gonna fit or to know the stories yeah. of the congregation yeah. to even know what to sing, yeah. what to write. Because in multi-ethnic settings, the story is king. Yeah. The story of this affluent businesswoman, black businesswoman worshiping next to yeah. you know, the white dude that just serves coffee yeah. every week, right? You know, you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. Two different worlds, yeah. but God has joined us together. We got to write songs and find songs yeah. to appropriate that. Yeah, which um, it's, I'm glad that you brought that up. I, you know, we we say this um, about our church, and it's, it's not cliche for us. It's just what we try our best just to live out as a church, which is simply the fact that we are multi everything like it's we're not lying like we yeah. have that in our church we have people who work everybody. who work downtown yeah and we got folks who like don't know where the next is coming from like that's just a real thing yeah um and so when we when we say we all come under the same banner of jesus christ it's the fact that we all need a savior yeah we all need jesus right. like it doesn't matter who you are what you are our need is still for Jesus to be in our lives. And so what's funny is that we get to, we, we have the job of singing and finding con uh, songs to all of that. So we're going to find songs that speak about our need yeah. to, uh, to, to come out of comfort. Yeah. And we're yeah. going to write songs yeah. about satisfaction, yeah. about being fulfilled by Jesus alone, because we know we have people, who are fulfilled, who have the opportunity to be fulfilled by other things, by their wealth, by their comfort. That's good, bro. So now we get to sing those songs, and we also know that we have people who are in need of healing or whatever. Yep. So we're going to sing these songs. And though that, though that might not be so, though you might not need 
breakthrough. Right. We have sang and taught through our church that though you may not need it, you are connected to the body. And what does the Bible tell us? That we celebrate when other people celebrate. We mourn. We, we mourn. We people mourn. And so this is this is like grown up Christianity. Yeah. You know, this is yeah. grown up Christianity. And even I, I know we're talking about worship, but one of the things that um, I'm really big on in our team is our community. Yeah. So what we do on stage is actually kind of like the lowest of the totem pole mm. of how we should be interacting, how we should be in relation. And you spoke to that. And I, I think that's a little bit from the quote that was mentioned a bit. Like it's actually the relationships that make it yeah. work. Yeah. And so like, what we do on stage, it matters. And I agree, we should have quality. I was like, no, 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 give me the quality. It's got to sound good. It's got to sound good. Um, Although but, he was just saying, like, according to his study, yeah. like, people didn't didn't care. Yeah, I mean, I get that. I'm just one of the ones who would care. I, me too, bro. <laughs> but, um, but that's actually at the low. It, that cannot be the only denominator of why we're together. Sure. Yeah, that's right. So we make sure that we have team nights. And I yeah. and I make sure you come, and yeah. I press you when you don't. Yeah. Why? It's because these are people that we need to be in relationship with. Yeah. And it needs to be in your actual life, so that when yeah. we're on stage and we're singing these songs, we actually mean it. Dude, that's that we so actually good, have man. evidence, um, and that we're not just uh singing pipe dreams. Yeah. You know, man, you said something. I'm 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 framing this whole my worship team's in trouble because we're gonna frame <laughs> this whole situation, which they're doing a phenomenal job. Yeah. Shout out to Shamar, she's just killing it. Um, but you mentioned um, how different representation in the church calls for a different voice yeah. or lyric. Yeah. And the picture that I got was this, like the woman who doesn't need breakthrough, you can still sing and intercede yes. for the one who does. Yeah. So yeah. like you don't have to sit this one out. No, you don't. You, you know what I'm saying? That's powerful, ain't it? Yeah. Like I, you know, like she she he needs breakthrough and you don't. But we're gonna sing it together because my my affirmation of that need yeah. and my intercession is gonna help you get just what you need. Yeah. And vice versa. And I, that yeah. is the beauty, in my opinion, of a multi ethnic. Um, uh, multi-class, yeah. multi-situation, right? Because yeah. that goes beyond race and color. Yeah. But it's but but it does it does really steep us in race and color because, you know, if you have a church that has different assumptions about color, yeah. uh, socioeconomic, uh, poverty versus not, you yeah, know, yeah. then all those people being in the room together, you got to speak to all of it. Yeah. But you don't have to be isolated in no, any you other. Don't. You know what I'm saying? So that's yeah. that's. I just wanted to put. I had to yeah, talk yeah, that yeah. one out for me, yeah. so that we can appropriate that to our context. Yeah. Because people I mean? don't come in with that, right? You have to be taught that. You got to be taught that. You have to learn that. You have to grow in that. That's not just something you come in with, and go, oh, I can engage with all of this, even though it might not speak to this portion or this lyric might not speak to me personally. Yeah. Um, which, again we sing what we believe yeah and so um and that even goes into like our your role as a worship pastor or your role as a worship leader if, yeah. if you have the um the ability you know to speak or you know because some places they're like man don't, don't talk just sing we don't need you preaching up there yeah. and i'm not saying you got to sing a sermon every time you lead i'm not saying that either but um but as a even as a leader as a pastor if you're not intentional 
intentional. You can't expect anybody. You can't expect anybody else to to know that or to learn that. So you've got to you've got to know it, learn it, and put it into practice yourself. So speaking of songs, like what we give the congregation to sing, especially multi ethnic congregations, yep. I'm gonna make a confession on some on um, just some problems I've had mm -hmm. with appropriating music oh, yeah. from other cultures into yeah. our multi-ethnic space and this, this is just me something that buckle I up guys with. and why <laughs> right and while and while i do believe that god could take a song that was written by a certain person and and, and because let me let me say this before i make my point in in the black music culture mm. we understand that the majority of our staple songs were written by imperfect people. Yeah. And Absolutely. I can leave it at that. Those yeah. imperfections are yeah, left yeah, yeah. to your imagination. But but we but know, very real. you know what I mean? They're very real. They're real. And we all are sinful people. We yeah, all yeah, are born yeah. in sin. But, but, you know, in terms of like the, um, the ethics or the morality of some that have penned some of our yeah. strongest music yeah. in the black culture, yeah. we all know. Yeah, like yeah, the yeah. elephant in the room. Yeah, yeah. Like we know what he, who he we know, is. What, we know what that was. So you know what I mean. So we know what that yeah. is. So I don't want to ever act yeah. like we, we know can't take a was. song. We know who David. We, right. Let's man, go back to David. Come on, man. Like we know who he was. It's nothing new. So there's nothing new under the sun as it relates to that. I personally had a lot of struggles with when I began to find find out that our major songwriters, like those with Hillsong and with Bethel and others um, had major disparities when it came to like race and injustice mm. and those stories that were coming out of that. Yeah. And so for me as a black man, I started to think to myself, I don't want to sing your music. I don't want to sing your music when the appropriation of like racial injustice is evident or like with um, like, like Bethel making their hard stance yeah. to like the Republican, yeah, right? Yeah. Not, not that black folks don't do that with, you know right, what I mean? Right, right. So don't get me wrong. But for me, I was just like, like you, you've politicized the movement yeah. that at one point for Wasn't me about that. was just such a movement of revival. And now you've chosen to take this side in the worst polarizing season of our country to my, yeah. in my generation. Yeah, yeah. Then I honestly started looking at their songs like I'm good. I don't get Holy Spirit, you welcome, but Yeah. That's it. That's it. Yeah. You know what I mean? What you got any thoughts on that? I, I'm I'm confessing here. Yeah. Um I'll say it it was definitely tough. Um and what made it kind of worse was like there was a part of me that's like, I'm actually not surprised. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um but all all of that aside, I, I think that there was, and, and I, I'll confess to it, just as a, a human being, being a black man, yeah. where it's like, all right, yeah, maybe I am kind of like straight on you, you know, yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Um, and, but I think for me, it, it wasn't maybe as difficult to, to split from that and any music that I feel is still uh, worth singing yeah. or, or worth presenting. And sure. so it wasn't, it's it's not like a, a, a huge thing, but it also is like a, I'm still side-eyeing y'all though. 
you know <laughs> right, <laughs> like, right i'm, I'm right, still right. kind of side out and y'all and, and and i understand people have the right to 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 affiliate with who they want to yeah um at the end of the day like that's y'all's decision uh on whatever you what i what i didn't like was and we talked about the appropriation was and we and we that was that's not the only space that we've seen it we just heard about it in the hillsong doc as well yeah where it's like hey we don't see black leadership it's like all right we'll let y'all come up and do the offering for three yeah but for three Sundays and but y'all won't be up here again and like it just kind of faded and I think we saw some of that from yeah, from big, other big spaces time. too where y'all put that big choir up there y'all put that black you put a black person on the keys and y'all sang more gospel songs for like a Sunday yep and a year later y'all ain't did it since yeah and yeah. it's like okay well yeah. what was the point were yeah. you just trying to PR your image you know or did you really try to have and i don't know we're not there but like yeah yeah exactly uh, you we can we can only judge by what we see and that might not be a, a good thing so we take everything with a grain of salt but like at the end of the day that is what we saw we saw you put up things that you thought would cater to a black community more and then once the heat got turned down we didn't see it again yeah and the connection to this is is um these top 30 songs yeah. you being the representation yeah. of those and many of and us singing whether your white, songs black, in our church yeah white black or multi-ethnic we're all singing that music yeah and they can't help who sings what music right, right. right so i don't know if they i don't know if they said hey we're writing these songs for every color nation yeah, yeah. tribe to sing they may not have even cared whatever whatever the case may be but what we do know is they're all benefiting from it financially yeah. right so it's it's like yeah yeah so so so, so my my thing is um, when you know the whole thing happened with William Matthews, you know yeah. that all these kind of all these kind of offshoots that you kind of start looking at and saying, all right, what's going on here? Like, what's what's going on with uh, appropriation? What's going yeah. on with the conversation of like multi-ethnic to to the degree of like you know, yeah. you know what I mean? Like yeah, you yeah. have some representation, so like you to some degree value the voice yeah, yeah. of a person of color, but at the same time, like you said, like it's it's kind of only in spurts. Yeah. And again, you know, I've always preached this. I don't think every church should be multi-ethnic. I don't think every church should be, you know, there's gonna be some homogenous churches. There's some powerful white churches, powerful mm -hmm. black churches, and there are communities that don't call for multi-ethnic church planting or music. Mm -hmm. So I'm not, I'm not getting yeah. into that. But I do think we need to start thinking about um, not so much for Bethel Hillsong and all that. The churches that are multi-ethnic to start making decisions. Yeah. To say, am I appropriating the dominant cultural? songwriting ethic yeah. to a context where it's not going to fit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or will I then begin to just begin to foster music within my context that actually yeah. works? And whether you affiliate with a political party out rally or not, or whether you have a scandal and the whole thing is crumbling down or not, yeah. whatever the case may be, yeah. I don't have to have ill feelings, feelings towards, towards that, that yeah. because I'm focused on my context. For right? sure. So I want to make sure yeah, yeah, Hillsong yeah. Bethel, I don't, I don't dislike <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just, I just bought into it. Yeah. Because we all sing Holy Spirit. We all sing, you know, all, we all sing these songs and I bought into it and I loved it. And I felt like this is a gift to the body, which it is. Yeah. 
But then openly I'm like, come on, y'all, yeah. y'all not doing that. Yeah. Y'all not doing that. And my own flesh was just like, I'm good on y'all. Yeah. I'm good on y'all. And it's almost as if um, there wasn't a uh, – and, again, like we're not in those camps, so we don't know the full details. But I think I do think <laughs> that when you get to that point, that whether you want to or not, there is some responsibility to steward well the influence that you have. Yeah. Um, and I feel like some of that kind of feels short as well. Yeah. Well, we got love for them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. We still gonna rock some of this stuff. All right. So I wanna I wanna ask this question though. So in terms of like multi ethnic race, um, another confession I have. Mm. <laughs> I got all kind of confessions, but they don't. <laughs> Another confession I have is, um, so I've seen in um, some majority white spaces that um, they cater to their audiences, you know, white church. Yeah. Um, but then, but then they open up another audience of persons of color with just items. Like for instance, um, I was watching, I was watching Furtick, who I love. And he has a dude on B3 backing him up. Yeah. And I felt some kind of way about that. <laughs> I noticed his flesh. You know what I'm saying? I'm just, just trying yeah. to be honest with you. I, but I'm like, but I was thinking to myself, like, maybe because as a church planter, I was mm. still waiting on a keyboard player for my church. Yeah. I'm like, God, if I could just, if I can, I don't care who they are. Yeah, if yeah. they can just play a couple songs, I'll take them. And then I'm looking and I'm thinking to myself, like, man, like that is a, that's a, for me, that's a cultural frame from the black church that I don't know if you really like that or not. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Do you really like that, or are you just uh, are you using that as an appropriation tool to to kind of to grab a large audience? Now, mm. in his defense, um, he got close to John P. Key yeah, yeah. and a lot of gospel artists and a lot of influence. He's preaching at Jake's church, yeah. the whole nine yards. So the dude's got real relationships yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure sanction some of these things to say alright that won't be too crazy if you do it mm -hmm. but for me I was thinking like I would love for that to really be a genuine part of you which mm -hmm. I hope it is and not just sort of a, an appropriation thing to really make persons of color feel comfortable or whatever the case may be you guys see any thoughts on that mm. as I'm spilling my guts yeah. about all my my fleshly yeah. sinful uh, antagonisms <laughs> yeah. that I've had with, with white um, church culture. I, I think I would just echo that. You would hope that that it comes out of an authentic place from relationships. And I mean, and it probably does. It, it, right. it probably does. But there are um, maybe other spaces where that may not be the case. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I would say, man, I, I just hope that that it's, that you authentically love it because for what it is. Yeah. Um, that is from you. Like I know Sam, he jokes all the time of like he wishes he had like a B three organ. But I know that like it's not just so that he can roll up black Listen people in me. our church for it to be well. He really he just really shirt. wants an organ. Like he thinks it would be dope. But here here's the thing is that if you're gonna go that route, you have as long I feel like as long as you are going to be authentically you yeah. 
and that you're just you're going to bring whatever that that is just to help just to celebrate that context and not use it as a a, a downplay as not a um uh not like a caricature type of thing so like example like sam he probably would love to have a hammock but he wouldn't try to tune up right you right, know what i'm saying right, like right. he that'd, that'd be a step that yeah. it would be like okay but like that's not you yeah you know what i'm saying yeah like that it's that's not a part of who you are but if you use it in a way that celebrates it for what for what it is because um, on the flip side i worked for a pentecostal denomination yeah and every white pastor that came in the church. Oh yeah. Like when I was playing for this church, bro, they would be they, we had like a we had like a Yamaha like, you know, keyboard and uh -huh. piano and every one of them they came from like deep south Pentecostal church. I mean, they they church, hey, them church, church. Plays, brother. Yeah, yeah, bro. You ain't ready for these white preachers. Nah. Pentecostal white preachers from the south. And they came in, he was preaching in the middle of his preaching. He came over to me, he said, "Hey, hey, hey, you got an organ on that keyboard?" I said, "What? Well, you know, you know, I come from like I come from organ organ, so yeah, it's not yeah. gonna sound like organ. Yeah. He didn't care. He said, "Turn that organ on." I turned that organ on. He hopped on the chairs. He flipped across, and all the black people were like, "We ain't ready." Yeah. So that, yeah. but culturally though, that that's it makes sense for. Oh them. yeah, yeah, and and that's why that's why I want to like really give love and be honest about like yeah. you know, Fergus from the south, right? He's from 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 South South Carolina. And he perhaps has experienced yeah. that type of ecclesiology and church, and probably always dreamed about yeah. one day when yeah. I have a church, I'm going. I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, there. I'm going to do that. I'm going yeah. there. But without that kind of history, somebody like me in the midst of the struggles of race in our country, right, right. and the, you know, my first thought was like, Yeah, dude, what you doing with that organ up there? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But but that's the beauty of of I think. Um, just multi-ethnic connection like we could you know we've done things from other cultures yeah. that otherwise we all would, the time you know what i'm saying and while we can live in harmony with each other and say let's create worship experiences that i didn't think would work in my yeah my, my context but it does help other cultures feel yeah apart um I, it's funny that you brought that up even uh you're talking about uh like from the from the south and the musicians like i know that and so yeah. like if you if you couldn't play a shout like you, you was off the keys like you got to go we need somebody who can <laughs> no matter what color you no matter what color <laughs> if you can't keep up <laughs> you got to go. go um i think the issue is when obviously people will look at maybe that culture that context and diminish it as if it's not worth the value Hmm. of experiencing like something else hmm. like another side so that's what i mean but like the using that like a caricature like don't talk about it if you're gonna speak down on it if you haven't if you where i come from in the south we we had all the things so i was able to grow as a worship leader really in all the spaces so i can go to a baptist church tune up i can go to a non-denominational and, and lay on the floor and yeah. like i learned how to do all those things but if you're not willing to put your preferences down yeah, and acknowledge that even if I might not get with that, it's just a preference thing. It's not a value thing on what that is. Hmm. So I don't. Th so I may not get down with like the gospel choir. Like I might love a praise team or whatever, but I'm not going to say that that's less than right. this. Right, right. I, you have to be mature to 
late to say, oh, that's probably just a preference thing. But for the sake of unity, for the sake of who we're worshiping, I can lay my preference down and still join in and still appreciate and not have to devalue that and think that it's less than. That's a good unless point. unless like and I'm not saying like you got to accept everything like, because, you know, we, we all know preachers who like hoop and, and it's great. But then you listen yeah. to what they're saying is like you're not actually talking about anything. So I'm not right. saying you have to. Ex- you know, what I'm saying so I'm not saying you just have to accept it. But what I am saying is that the solid stuff like the people who Bishop Noel Jones, super sound yep. theologically. Yep. And he's going to teach you and then he's going to tune up and, he, and it's going to be great. But you can't say that that is a lesser form yes. of what we're supposed to be doing yes. just because it doesn't line up with your preference. And if you're serious about living a multicultural, multi-ethnic life, then you you have to even dig in even further and go, I may not prefer that, but let me find somebody who does and see why. Hmm. Like, what what does that do? What is that doing for you? And they can bring a story or a context where you go, oh, that actually, that makes sense. And you can learn to appreciate that and you don't have to view it as something lesser than what you would experience somewhere else just because it's not your preference. That's good, man. And dude, that, so when it comes to like um, the dynamic of, because I'm always thinking, because I lived in both worlds. I grew yeah, up in a same. classic missionary Baptist church in church. You know, that was my world growing up into this multi-ethnic thing and we saw the progression of uh, black churches uh more so wanting to be diversified and i talked about this before we changed the language and the songs because it was more heartfelt it was you know which was 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 junk but you know you know the white worship isn't superior because the language is different and more heartfelt but we saw these and some of that stuff was not theologically right. And it wasn't right. Right. But, you know, we we jumped more. from, you know, work it out to like, yeah. you know, whatever sounded <laughs> like it was logical. Right. Yeah. And we said that's more sincere. Yeah. But you saw this progression even within the black church where we went from the choir to the praise team to the worship team. Yeah. And you saw this this battle. I know you experienced this too. I don't know if it happened down in Louisiana, Mm. but you saw this battle between the black church was choir. Yeah. And we did two, three songs a week. Yeah. Maybe four. Cause you got to sing the benediction and all that kind of stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Then the praise team got microphones. Then it was like, Oh, okay. That is more. Some of them had both. So you had like a choir behind you. Yeah. 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 The leads were kind of standing in front. Right. Yeah. But here's my thought on this. My thought on this. And we began to appropriate culturally from other spaces what wasn't necessarily um, our dominant feature yeah. within our local expression of church. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I know there were groups, you yeah, know, yeah, the yeah. caravans. and that, uh, There were groups. But in terms of our church, our worship practices, we began to say, well, the worship team, that you know what they're doing is more important because it's, mm, it's worship yeah. than the choir because the choir is singing work it out yeah and so you got these these cultural complexities going on here yeah and believe it or not and maybe someone would argue with me but from my vantage point growing up in it we were appropriating cultural nuances from mm. other cultures saying that you know uh in in a sense in some spaces yeah some spaces 
this was this idea of whiteness, which was that's better. Yep. Like that, that's more sincere. The songs, it's worship. It's not choir. So let's begin to bring this in. So we brought this into the church. Now you got this thing between like we're the worship team and y'all the choir. And now, I don't know if you Mm -hmm. saw it in the churches, but we saw it, these complexities. And then as of recent, COVID hit. They got rid of all the choirs and now it's just worship teams. But now there's this reemergence of this classic form of worship expression which is the choir yeah and we're starting to appreciate it more yeah. because it's something that we lost in the black church experience that now i think we need to regain yeah any thoughts on that or am i crazy no 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 you are you're absolutely correct and i think just just in the same way that um we can bend even in like our music selection yeah we same thing happens within our expressions. Like yeah. we just bent yeah. that way. Yeah. Um, and I think you don't you don't really realize what you're missing until you check it out again and it's like, oh, this yeah. actually does bring uh something different. We actually just like we started doing a mass choir and anthem for that very reason. Did you? Yeah. We just wanted to uh it was something to be celebrated. It was something that was needed. Like because like total total praise doesn't sound the same when it's just six people on the crazy? mic. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like, but the first time we did a mass choir, like it was crazy. But it, it but we realized that this brought a value beyond just the musical expression of what we could do. Yeah, it was. Oh, now like now we have people who might not have the, and I'm not saying this is. Anybody from the mass choir, I'm not saying y'all can't sing, but like you might have somebody who maybe not have like the skill necessary to hold a mic, yeah, but can serve and be and, a part and be this. a part in this space. And now we got now we have an on ramp for you to join the community, exactly. exactly. Um, and you get to and man, I'm telling you, like we had so much. It was like oh, like it was just refreshing just to see and. We don't do that. And again, first of all, like I'm not perfect, so like I'm not saying like I got this whole thing like figured out. Sure. Um, but like we don't get that if we're not intentionally thinking, how are we best serving our people? Yes, yes. You know? Yes. And not just and that doesn't mean how can we make black people happy. Right. Right. When I say how are we how can we best serve our people if we're about multi ethnic What's a what's what's a efficient way that I can get a white baritone who just wants to sing next to this church mother who's been asking for a choir since I got here? That's it. That's well, that's messiness. And so it's one thing to go, oh, that's a great idea. It's another thing to push past all of the barriers that they might bring, mm. all the setup we got to do, all oh, the rehearsal is going to be different. Push past that and go, nah, this is actually worth it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so yeah, that. I think if that's a great way to look at it, it's like, okay, well, is this a a way that we can serve our people and allow them to serve one another? That's good, man. That's good. And, and, and then we create this space, right? Musically where we are serving people with the language that they understand. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And not just forcing one language upon them. Yeah. And introducing Right, a language or a way to people who maybe in any other space would not have it, wouldn't have even known. I can't tell you how many times this is a 
kind of unsexual, but I can't tell you how many um, white or non-black people who come up to me and they say, what are those songs that y'all sang? Yeah. Not getting yeah, a list. Yeah. And they're like, who's William Murphy? Yeah, yeah. Who's Forest City? Them. You're exposing them. And now they come back, they're like, man, this is all on my playlist. And like, would have never even found right. unless you exposed that to them. And right. that comes from a space of saying, this is actually valuable. Yeah. This actually can speak to you if you yeah. just let it. And, and so here's here's the beauty of like these cultures being presented because I know I've been on a high horse about how we diminish the black church yeah. experience and the lyric and the theology that yeah. comes out of the black church, which is so necessary yeah. and so rich and so 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 needed. Um, so we did a choir too at our church mm -hmm. uh, several months ago, and we did uh, we did what did we do? We did Percy Gray. Uh, everybody, clap yeah. And you know, you listen to that song, and you just kind of like, "This is the way we praise him." There, there's no, we're not spewing any like right, doctrinal, right, like right, theological right. nothing. But man, I looked at the white people in our congregation, and they just needed the simplicity of this posture of praise that comes yeah. from the richness of the black church. Yeah, you know what I mean, and. And even me, I said, oh, yeah. man, I miss what is feeding me out of this music yeah. that I, I grew up and knew and I've always had to lean into because it's the richness of culture. It's the richness yeah. of theological expression yeah. that maybe other people don't understand or approve of. Yeah. But in a multi-ethnic setting, we get to all we get to eat, you know, green beans and, and, <laughs> and what do they put, you know, regular green beans yeah. or green beans with ham. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like we get to yeah. in, in a multi-ethnic church. We get to eat baked chicken and fried yeah. chicken. You know what I mean? And so that's the beauty of how we use music. Absolutely. To actually serve a multi-ethnic people. And what it sounds like to me, what you're saying is when when like white parishioners ask you, like, what's this song? We start entering into discipleship. Yeah. I got, you know, one of our pastors here, older white guy, every Sunday he's walking <laughs> in singing the whiners. Yeah. And it's for some reason these whinings are just tearing him up, and he's and he's thinking <laughs> Donnie McClurkin can speak yeah. to my heart. He's you know, and he's just like, man, where has this been? Yeah, like this is music, and that blessed me because the assumption is that you wouldn't understand what that music's about, right? But what God does is He right. takes that, and we disciple each other. In Absolutely, a way. you know what I mean? Oh yeah, we disciple each other in a way, even through music, yeah. multi-ethnic. Uh, framing in music, yeah. so I think that's powerful. Yeah. So what what are you what are you telling worship leaders now? Like a worship leader who has the job mm -hmm. of stewarding a multi ethnic congregation musically. Yeah. Give me a couple things that you want to tell them. I want to end with this. I want to encourage worship leaders, here, here, songwriters too. Yeah. Here's some things that you need to be considering. Yeah. If this is your job. For songwriters, don't lie. Yep. Write what's true for you and the word. Yeah. Um, that's the easiest route for you to go. Yeah. The moment you begin to try to write for a hit with whatever that is for you, or you try to write to what you think would, would work well outside of whatever, let your intention be to not lie. Yeah. And to tell the truth yeah. of your context, of who you are, um, your story or whatever story 
uh, that you're writing for, whether that be the church or um, yeah. So don't lie, <laughs> tell the <laughs> truth, and it's easy. Like it'll make songwriting so much easier for you because you won't have to try to conjure up something that you have no experience with. Yeah, yeah. Just write what you yeah, write what you know, bro. and write good. write from the word. Don't money grab. Right? No, don't, don't money grab. It's it's nothing. Yeah. Because first of all, if if you're not built to be in that industry, even if you even if you were to get if you were to get there, if you're not built for it, it'll spit you out. Yeah, yeah. So, yep, good. um, your intention should be to to write for your for your context, your people. Um, for worship leaders, um, again, I don't. I'm not perfect, so it's kind of weird being like, "Hey, y'all should do this." When I'm like, "I I should do this." <laughs> um, but I would just say, um, if If you're singing to Jesus and you're bringing um you're bringing worship to him and not for yourself, it'll make a lot of things very easy. It's huh, good. Um if you curate your set list to invoke the presence of God and to bless him and to minister to him um before you think about how the church is going to react. Huh. Before you think about um is this fun for the musicians? All of that comes a little later, but I think your main intention should be how can we really minister to Jesus this yeah. week in this way, in this context? We need an altar call right there for all worship <laughs> pastors, musicians, and worship leaders. Right on that word right there. Yeah. Um, and if you do that, obviously, all the intention that you need for the multi-exit will come out of that. Yeah. Because you'll look at black songs and white songs mm -hmm. and go, um, this this works. Yeah. This doesn't. This is a little me centered. Yeah. This is a little this is a little bit too much about <laughs> about yeah. me. Um and uh it's not really uh, a lot about, about Jesus. So um but and also uh, specifically for worship leaders in the multi cultural, multi ethnic um context. It's going to take intention. You got to do the work. Got to do the work. You got to do the good. work. You got to push past the normal. And you you have to seek out what the Lord is saying for your people. And I think that comes with just a, a real, maybe uh, just a refresher about what your position is. Mm. Like what you're called for, like especially if if you're over the worship department, if you're over the worship culture at your church, everything is discipleship. Like you just yeah. said, everything is discipleship, and we teach people a lot through our songs. Yeah, and so we got to be careful, and you got to be intentional about that. It's no shade to like Mav City or anything like that, but there was like one Mav City song that was like going ham. It was a great song. We never sang it. It just did. It didn't fit the. Content. It didn't fit. Like I was like, why would I, why would I sing that? Why yeah. we don't need that's not something that we're singing right now. Yeah, like just and like if you don't have that pulse, yeah, on your department. Well, I mean, you know, some people you might not just be engaged in the in the church life like that, but yeah. if you are, um, you need to have a pulse on what's going on hmm. in your church. And so it was a it was a crazy song. We never just never got to it. And somebody asked us like, why why, we, why are we never sing that? And I was like. It just wasn't for us. That's good, man. It Ooh. wasn't for us. And it was a very popular song. And if we would have sang it, people would have loved it. It would have went crazy, yeah. 
but it wasn't for us. And it might be a year from now. Like I might be like, that'd be a great time to sing this song. Yeah. But it wasn't for us at the time. And so I went and searched out something that spoke better to for for, for, for where we are now. And uh, I feel like that's the type of intention that you need to have because you are discipling people through worship. So good. So here's my last thing, because here's what I love about you and your work with Anthem Collective, Anthem Church. Like y'all sing all kind of stuff. All kinds. All kind of. I mean, you know, I consider myself. Well, I'm like an ex worship leader. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I'm still dated. Like when when I gotta still go out and do something. Like yeah. I noticed, like my my songs are they behind, bro? You know, I'm, <laughs> so I gotta lean on Shamara and our team mm-hmm. to stay current. But I didn't know half the songs we sang because mm-hmm. some of them were probably written. I think you did an original song mm-hmm. that day, which was dope. But here's the thing: you all do not lose who you are. Yeah, and I, I want to end with that because I think that's powerful. Mm-hmm. Like, so to, to for the for the black worship leader in the multi-ethnic space, for the white worship leader in the multi-ethnic space, or Asian, or, or Indian, or, or Hispanic, how does one remain who they are? Because you bring a culture, mm-hmm. you bring yeah, a history. Absolutely. How do you remain who you are and yet still um, bring to the table all these different flavors of music that yeah. need to serve a multi-ethnic yeah. community without beating them over the head with one form of music. Yeah. Is there a, can you help us with that? For sure. Well, I'll say for sure. Like I got the answer. I can try. <laughs> um, one, I think uh, comparison is a thief. <laughs> it's a thief. So if you don't have... Um, a solid identity, not just for yourself, but maybe maybe the sound of your house, the culture of your house. If you don't have that solidified, you're going to run yourself rampant, comparing yourself to all these other places. So spend some time. And this is like practical stuff. Like, look at the musicians that you have. Look at the skill levels that you have and find a solid foundation to say this is this is our identity. This is who we are. And that's going to take work. You're going to have to spend time with your people. You're going to have to spend time with songs. You're going to have to spend time with your music director if you have one. Like, you need to kind of solidify that um, and then find what works well for you. Um, and so don't compare yourself to any other person. Um, and this leads into the next thing is that I came. So, like, honest, I'm, I'm black and I'm from the South. Yeah. So I came with the Cajun, the bump. Yeah. Everything's got to feel good to me. Like, yeah. that's just my thing. Yeah. But I recognize maturity that that's my preference and that does not diminish any other thing. That's not like that. Now in our culture and and for, uh, again, we kind of take on a little bit of that culture, that identity of like, we want to, we want to have fun. You know, we want to feel good. We want to worship all those things. And so everything that we do is kind of, kind of, kind of pass through that filter, pass through that filter. So, if there's a song that we think is great, but it's a little easy or lackadaisical, I guess, in arrangement or whatever, we might look at it and go, okay, well, what can we do here? Because that's, 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 yeah, that's, yeah. that's a cultural thing. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But I don't look at anything else and go, that's not, um, like, that's less than. Yeah. That's less than. And so I think for you to stick with who you are, is to not compare yourself to anyone, but just value it for what it is. So that's great. That's not me, though. 
but that's great. Um, I'm going to stick to what I bring culturally, um, and we're going to just run it through that. Yeah. Um, but we're not going to think that we're better yeah. than anyone. Um, we're going to stick with what we know, but also be open to progression. Yeah. If any, if anything opens up, if we feel like God is calling us to a different type of style for a season or whatever, being open, right. not being secluded in that. And even though I might have my own preference, I am still looking in other spaces. That's not my preference and seeing what's the, what's great about this. Can we take that? And I use saw it y'all here? do that during the pandemic. Yeah. Like y'all mess, y'all messing around with different signs. We did. You, you could tell you kind of maybe pulled that from another kind of yeah. cultural yeah. space and said, you know, that was really, really dope. Yeah. And so, um, if the, if the mission, which the mission of our church is know Christ and make him known, if we're sticking to mission, whatever your mission is for your music department, if you're sticking to mission, be willing to be open-handed with all these other things. So like right now I'm looking at a like kind of like traditional services. Yeah. Like I'm 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 looking at a bunch of Southern Baptist churches who have a 9 a.m. traditional service with the mm. orchestra pit and a grand piano. And I'm going, what makes this great? Like, because obviously some people connect with that. Yeah, so I go, OK. And I don't think that that what they doing is better or less than than what we do, because we got the lights and the tracks and all of that. Yeah. So now I'm looking at those services. I'm going, what makes this beautiful? Where like what's the all of it's beautiful to worship, but like what are the elements that maybe we can bring to our service? Because I'm not about stick with my preference. I'm just about um dang, that was gonna be really corny. I was gonna say I'm I'm about his presence. But it's the truth. But it's facts. I don't put his presence above. I don't I don't put my preference above his presence. But then as a multi ethnic church, you're doing the work of Finding out what could speak to yes. every other people yes. in this congregation, yes. which that takes some leadership intentionality, yeah. like you've been saying through this podcast. Yeah. But then that just creates a richer experience for your church, which is one of the reasons why I think yeah. Anthem is such a great place because of that intentionality yeah. that you all bring. Look. Yeah. Dude, this was so dope. It was fun. Look, Thanks Isaac Robinson, me, everybody. This was if you're a worship leader, worship pastor, whatever. You've got to lean into what this brother was saying to us today because I pulled away so much that we need to appropriate. Mm -hmm. And um, God is doing a work in multi-ethnic churches through the music, through the leadership, through the the discipleship. And we're going to keep pushing together, bro. And I appreciate you taking the time out to hang with me today. Thanks for having uh, me, man. Yeah, man. We got to have you back. Oh, I love to. I want to do a panel thing one day with everybody and really get in trouble. You know what I'm saying? But, (laughs) hey, y'all, we appreciate y'all. Till next time, the Gospel and Race podcast. Peace.